Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. this is Betsy. And in today's episode of Tend Her Wild, Kate and I are going to explore the topic of what it means to actually come home to yourself, which is the content of our upcoming course, Tend Her 2.0, which you can still, perhaps if it's not full yet, uh, be a part of by going to dryogamama.com backslash tend, T-E-N-D, dash her, dash the number two. That's Dr. Yoga Mama backslash tend dash her dash two. All right. Hi, Kate. Hi, Betsy. Well, we have a special guest yes, in the office today. We're very excited to have her in person. In person. In Iowa. In Iowa. We have interviewed her um, online for this podcast before, Celicia Aya, but we have her here. Woo, 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 in person. I am here. Her energy, yes. her beauty, her presence, her intuition, it's all gracing us live. Yes. So we want to tell our um, audience members first a little bit about Celicia, and we would recommend to go back and listen to our first interview with her, which was, um, we've heard from so many people, um, what a profound shift it made for them. So for sure, listen to that one. But Celicia Aya is founder of Activate Your Alchemy. She's definitely a leader in empowering women to healing and embodiment of their own divine sacred feminine. She cultivates her healing programs by weaving in shamanic and tribal wisdom traditions, ancient philosophy, movement, medicine, and creative intuitive practices. I know this personally for a fact, having spent so much time with Celicia, she is one, in fact, she probably is the person that I know has put in the most time to her own healing. I am continuously in awe hearing about the work she's doing on herself so that she can be a clear and open channel and a healing force for all those that she has contact with. So we are humbled, excited, um, so grateful to have Celicia here with us, grateful. gracing us with her, her guidance and all of just the knowledge she carries really deeply in her body. So welcome, Celicia. Welcome. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you, Kate. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're happy to have you. Yeah. We are embarking on this next course with women and it's so fortuitous that you would be here right before this happened to be passing through Iowa. Um, and we, we talked earlier, um, that we would love to hear your perspective as we set out on this journey with women to really focus in on returning to themselves and lightening their load. Um, you probably know, I know you're not from the United States, but you are recognizing kind of all that is happening Mm -hmm. in our country right now. The, the, kind of the chaos and the, the pressure, it feels like a pressure cooker right now. Um, so I think we've got an added layer right now mm-hmm. for people too. Um, 
not to mention the last two years that were very challenging. So would you share with us what returning to yourself means for you? Mm. That is a precious question. Thank you so much for bringing this to the world and to women, this question, this self-inquiry. What does returning to yourself mean? I feel that I can um, relate to that by dividing that up into a few different categories, the mind, body, and spirit, the mind, body, and soul. How do we return to these elements of ourselves, you know? Um, I feel like when we say let's return, it's because at some path we got lost. This word, we're lost. It just can't, we need something, this emptiness in the heart, um, something's missing, a piece of the puzzle's missing. So we want to return to something, right? We want to find ourselves again. And often we get lost because of many different things, uh, traumas, childhood traumas, um, our parents telling us what to do, our teachers, our religious leaders, um, people in the community, society, all these expectations that we have on ourselves um, from all of these external stimulus. Well, coming back home, returning to self, the childhood trauma that gets us lost, the being told what we should be doing, maybe a relationship, heartbreak sometimes, um, could be having children and becoming a mother and, oh gosh, then we are lost in this world of motherhood yeah. um, and being a wife or a partner to someone. And then where are we? Who are we? Right. Yeah. So I feel like what tends to happen, <clears throat> or at least what happened to me, I would say, and many women that I've spoken to is first we feel we've lost our bodies. Where are our bodies? You know, so first returning to the body, the embodied body that we have disconnected from, especially if some of us, we've had children you know, we, we forget all about this physical body. And this is where a lot of the trauma is stored in the physical body. If you think of the most simplistic form of how we hold trauma. So we go into a situation, we're talking to a loved one, and it's not going the way we want. We're triggered, we're being triggered. We tense the body, the physical body tenses. We hold this in our shoulders, in our stomach, our belly, our power centers, our legs, our hips. We tighten everything. And even though we relax the body after we go take a rest or whatever, that energy gets stored in the physical and energetic system of the body. So our bodies become really tense and we, f- we lose all of this in, in, the, in the physical body. We lose the mobility, we lose connection, and we are walking around with this trauma-struck in body. So the first thing is returning to the physical body for me. Then it's the returning to the mind, the mind, body, spirit, right? So returning to the mind and how we do that. For me, it was meditation. Meditation was definitely one of those practices that helped me to return to how do I understand what's going on in here, all this noise, all this being told what to do, all these voices in the head that wasn't mine. So meditation really helped me to quiet that. 
um, and the spirit, well, that's a big subject on its own. So we'll come back to that one. <laughs> well, I have to tell you what I love is that we've broken this program into four parts and you already have touched on essentially two of them. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to have people return to their heart, return to their body, return to their intuition and then return to how we can have healthier relationships. So I love that you you dove right in. Mm. You read our minds, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> so, so maybe we should start, even though week two is the body, maybe we should start with returning to the body since you've already brought it up. Yeah. And what I'm really curious about, because this is a question um, I ask people a lot, and you know in our podcast we always ask people about the first 10 years of their life, and we've already asked you that in a past, past podcast, so please, listeners, go back and listen to her first 10 years because she's got quite a story. Yes. Um, but I want to know, Celicia, when did do you have a memory of when you first left your body and you started to leave your body. I mean, your daughter's here with you. And so I I have had the joy of watching your beautiful daughter, who's 10, Mishka, um, and myself also having a 10-year-old watching um, their embodiment and how they really are living in the body. In fact, she was lying on the couch last night, rolled up in a ball, and I was watching just how in her body she was. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that I left my body about age six, Five, six, and I'm curious, do you remember when you first started leaving your body? Oh, it was very early, Betsy. Um, I started leaving my body very early from my childhood traumas, um, from the abuse that I had from my father. Um, When I was being beaten, I had to disassociate from the body. Um, I uh, I would imagine I was somewhere else, and I would zone right out into some fantasy world while um, I was getting uh, abused, uh, lashed by my father or hit. So very, very early, I would say maybe as early as uh, four or five, I started disassociating. And as I got older and uh, I started um, experiencing sexual abuse, well, that was another deeper disassociation from the body. So I would pull myself out of those situations and zone into, again, fantasy worlds of this was not happening to me. It wasn't me. It was as if I was looking down at myself and looking out down at my body and what was happening, but it wasn't me. So very early, um, and then it deepened in my teenage life. And then I got into alcoholism. And when I started drinking alcohol, that was the biggest, I mean, the most damaging and biggest disassociation I had from my body. so interesting for you to say it's the biggest and the most damaging Mm -hmm. because it's so commonplace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because from there, I was able to numb and I could still somehow see glimpses of myself because I'd get, you know, happy in, in, in that space and laugh and connect with people. So there was some glimpses of who I could be, this joy that could come. But it really wasn't me because it was the alcohol that was just inside of me and creating so much disarray because it wasn't my truth anyway. It, it wasn't my truth. And while drunk, the things that I did, the destructive behavior, um, you know, sometimes I would fight. Sometimes, you know, I would reach out to different sexual partners. Um, and most of the time, just damaging, you know, driving home even drunk. I mean, the worst thing, right? I mean, putting myself and other people at risk. So it was a complete, very dark time of alcoholism that um, was one of my biggest 
physical disassociations in my body. And when, of course, you eat, you drink alcohol, you start eating very terribly. I mean, gosh, the midnight, greasy, yeah. fried, mm-hmm. horrible foods, yeah, the yeah. hungover foods the next day, you know. So not only was I putting alcohol in my body, I was putting in all of this toxic foods after that was no good for my physical body that made me quite sick. When did it catch up with you and you finally realized like, okay, now, I mean, I know you found yoga, but I'm curious if there was a point in time, because I, I also think our bodies can only take so much. And it seems to me there, there's a call out from our bodies um, that happens if we're listening. Um, and I'm curious when you started to shift something and start to be more loving and be more embodied, be more present in your body. Yeah, this happened around um, my mid-twenties, I would say. Um, I I did find yoga very early, fortunately. Um, I feel like it's always in front of you, right? All of these things that you need for yourself, it's there. It's just be, to pay attention and to look around at what's there. And yoga was definitely my first uh, connection to my physical body. And that started happening when I was uh, getting really sick, um, I had a lot of problems with my colon. I would, you know, that's too much information right now, but I would go to the toilet and there was a lot of, you know, blood in that space. And, and I started getting really scared. And, um, you know, my, my entire stomach, I mean, I was damaging my body so badly and it started in my stomach because I would also hold a lot of my trauma there, a lot of my pain, a lot of my um, lack of love, lack of self-worth, lack of feeling all held in my tummy, you know, all held in the stomach. So I would hold there. So everything around there was really terribly distorted and um, and damaged from the alcohol, the food, the trauma, the stress that I was putting myself under the physical body. I was overworking, burning out just to distract myself from all of the things that were going on around me. So around early 20s, I found yoga. And once I started practicing yoga in particular, I mean, that was I was running a little bit, um, which was damaging to my my knees at the time. But yoga was definitely the one that helped me to breathe and connect to this physical form. I have this physical vessel. And that's really what happens. The body, the whispers get louder, right? The and I think we've talked on this podcast about burnout and stress and your body gives you all the signals, but we have, we have ways to mask it and numb it. Like you said, whether you're drinking often, we whatever you're using to kind of mask what your body is trying to tell you. And so what I hear you saying is that the signs, it'll just get louder mm-hmm. until there's, until there's significant damage to your body exactly what was happening from the like I just said you know it was important to talk about what was happening in my intestines going and seeing this blood because it was hurting it started by hurting I knew something was going on but then there was the presentation of what was actually happening now I could actually visually see it so there was the pain and then there was the blood and then there was the nausea and all of this is happening and it's just getting louder and louder and louder the body speaks and it's saying please please just take care of me yeah So because I've heard this from so many of my clients and I have you sitting here across from me right now, I want to just tune into all of your depth of wisdom of human life and the planet and the cosmos and how things work. When people have had so much trauma as you had, as I had some trauma as a child, um, people often tell me, I don't want to go into my body because it's scary. 
right? So we do learn the coping mechanism of dissociation, that that's what saved us as children, right? Like to not have to be in that scary event, to not believe that that was your body, that something was happening to, right? But then you keep dissociating as an adult and you lose things and you're late and you can't carry on conversations that are coherent and there's all kinds of ramifications. So when I talk to people, because I also believe first and foremost, you have to start in the body. The body is where our soul is held and we have to begin there. I will encounter resistance from people um, or I will feel their resistance because there's some inherent fear of going in the fear of like, well, there's scary stuff in there or there's a reason I leave the body. Right. So can you talk to those people um, around why actually being in the body is far more safe um, than disassociating, disconnecting from it? I want to introduce this um I know many of your listeners already know this, but I want to say it out loud. These, these energy centers of the body called the chakras. These are really important centers of the body, the seven chakras, starting from the root to the crown. And what I've been learning is that there are many more above. And the reason I feel that starting in the physical body is so important is because this is your vehicle, okay? Your physical body is what's going to carry you through life. And if this physical body is shut down, if this physical body is rid of disease, if this physical body is sick, you can't do anything. You can't do everything is shut down around you. You can't function as a partner, as a friend, as you can't really walk your purpose and your path in this world. So I'm coming back to these chakras. So When our physical body is sick, these energetic centers of the body, starting with the root, the sacral chakra, the solar plexus, the heart chakra, the throat, the third eye, the crown, the seven that we know about, the very strong seven, they start to dull. These energy wheels, they move much slower in the body. And so when these chakras are shut down, it's not just the physical body that's starting to lag and go slow and you don't have energy for things. But the energetic body shuts down. So your intuition shuts down. Your connection to the world, your connection to your knowing, your source, your God center, your heart, all the bridges to this outside existence and internal existence starts to shut down. And you just become kind of like a walking zombie, which is what happened to me. I was just walking around life, just existing in this trauma state and not having the energy or the understanding to follow anything. So when the physical body is sick, you can't focus on anything else. Everything just shuts down. You can't see the next step. You can't see, okay, gosh, this is the next thing I should be doing that could help me, or this is the next thing, or this person said this, because everything shuts down. The intuition shuts down. The heart shuts down. And you're not really... Um, able to move. That's the body, right? The movement, the physical movement. I was thinking about you encouraging me years ago. Uh, Me? Yeah. Yeah. Reading my chakras and I was like, that's doing this cool thing. This was like five years ago. (laughs) I taught people how to read their chakras. Um, But I did, I was, I had a lot of anxiety about letting myself go in my body Mm. and what I might find. Yeah. Because intuitively, you do know there's a problem. (laughs) Yeah. And so we avoid it. We just say, oh, it's probably better to not know. But there's so much power in in that knowledge. And 
I remember, you know, I can remember what was closed at the time. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I was able to start thinking, okay, what is that about? What was closed? Do you remember? I, I remember my heart was very close. Heart was closed. Yeah. Which, you know, of course the legal brain in me was like, no, it's not. Mm. <laughs> no, it's not. But it was. And just the awareness of, you know, bringing that awareness to things um, and reconnecting to yourself then allows you to, like you said, take steps in the, in the ways you need to, um, that your mind can't take you there. You can't, you can't start with your mind. Yeah. Um, because you're, you're, there's too much chatter. There's so, um, yeah. And I have yet to find anyone. I mean, I've worked with people who have severe trauma and my work is always to get them into their body. It might be just to feel their feet on the floor. Um, but I've yet to find someone who actually gets flooded and more triggered by being in their body. It's the opposite. They actually start to feel calm and a little more steady. So the fear is I can't go. There's something bad's going to happen, but it actually never happens. People feel so much better getting in the body. They finally can think clearly and see clearly and feel more. So it's just, it's, it's like we have to fight through that mind saying danger, danger, don't go into the body. Cause the body I believe is the safest place to be for everyone. Yeah. And when you are like Kate, as you said, you know, bringing this uh, awareness to the body, then you can do something about it when you know, okay, I can sense that this place feels really weak. My belly, I'm holding so much tension. Then you can do something about it and you can bring more health and vitality to the physical body. And when you start to feel that health and vitality in the physical body, wow, something really shifts um, in your being and your purpose on this earth. You feel your feet uh, grounded in the earth more. You feel your chest open. You feel some more relaxation in the the, the belly. And there, there are many embodiment uh, practices that can help you this way. I mean, we're talking about yoga as um, a really strong one because to me the yoga is is been around for almost five thousand years or more, right? And specifically designed to get you into that physical body, and it works every center of the yeah. body, every chakra, every energy center. So to me, yoga has been very helpful. You know, it introduces the breath and all of these beautiful philosophies and, um, and, and wisdom techniques in one practice, in one hour, you get through so much in yoga. Um, but there are many, you know, I mean, I, I love this one particular one of just standing and shaking, like bouncing oh, from the knees. Yeah. And did that, that at our event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. People. And that shaking of the body just helps to release a lot of energy that gets stuck, you know, that 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 tension that we hold for so long it helps release trauma and um it goes back a little bit i'll tell you really quickly it was um you know if you think of a wild animal in um in the wild moving away and running away from its uh its its predator and it runs it goes into fight or flight so it runs it gets away and as if the predator catches up, it drops down and it pretends it's dead, right? So it's, it wouldn't get eaten. And as soon as the predator leaves and thinks it's dead, it gets up and it shakes. It shakes everything out and it's to get all the energy and all the adrenaline moving out of the body. So for us, shaking is a primal way of getting all of this negative, nervous, anxious 
energy out of the body. And it's really simple. You stand, you plant your feet into the earth, you bend your knees, and you just bounce. You you, you keep the, the, the feet planted into the earth, and you just bounce with the knees, and you shake everything out. You do this for 15, 20 minutes a day. Amazing to start connecting to the physical body and moving energy out of the body. And that somatic release is what I would call that. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talked about burnout and how women especially hold things in often all day long. Yeah. Comments. For weeks on end. Yes. Comments they hear, things that, you know, register, but you can't say anything. And so you just store it all. Um, At our retreat, when we did some of this somatic movement with women, um, you could see the after effects of that. And to me, that's why we burn out because we are storing it, storing it, storing it. Complete it, complete that cycle. cycle. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love that example, and and I loved witnessing at our event with you and seeing women that was a kind of a foreign concept for us. It's, it's, it feels funny at first. And then you start doing it and you're like, Oh my gosh, I learned it from you, Celicia. And I, it's now a regular, I mean, I'd done yoga for so many years, which is beautiful stretching space, but the bouncing gets at it from a different angle and you can, and, and the energy starts to move you. Like you you start doing the bouncing yourself. And before you know it, like your arm is doing something and your hip is shaking out. And you're like, what is going on? But your body is wise. And it's like, all right, we want to unravel this part next. Mm. So powerful. Yeah, it's very, very powerful. And you know, as we're on this topic, I'll talk really quickly. Um, my last retreat in Mexico, I guide a um, Betsy, you know, Goddess Alchemy Retreat uh, twice a year in, Me- in Mexico. And I did this uh, this practice. I'm so happy I could bring it up here um, with our women standing up and talking about their physical body and talking about the places that we feel insecure. And, you know, like, you know, gosh, my belly's a little bit too big or since I've had kids, my boobs sag or look at my bottom now and it's not as tight as it used to be. And, you know, women were standing up and I had this one woman who just sat there and she said and she went last. And while she was sitting, she said, I'm not doing this. So I said, why? And she said, well, you know, there's so much emphasis put on the physical body, you know, like, you know, all these these magazines that make us think that we need to look a certain way or, um, you know, if we're not looking this way and all this, this emphasis put on the physical body, I'm not doing it. I'm not standing and showing my physical body yet again. And this was she was such a great teacher for all of us stand, standing up and saying that. But she eventually did it. And she did it because she wanted to experience what it felt like. I mean, she had some blockages there herself. Um, and she she expressed that after why she didn't do it. But in standing there and really looking and paying attention to the physical body, what she came up with and all of us was that this physical body is our vessel. It is the first step at feeling who we are on this earth physically here on this earth to identify the areas that are just changing or different as we get older you know as the boobs start to sag a little bit and the the belly starts to project the bottom starts to jiggle a little bit just trying to identify how we're changing and why we're changing and how, how we've become so disconnected from the body why stand there and claim it this is who I am on this earth this is how I've changed this is where I am this is me I am all here it's scary but it is so beautiful so another thing I would encourage is the scariest thing ever is to just stand and look at yourself 
Just stand there and touch the physical body. Look yourself in the eyes in the mirror. Look at yourself. It is one of the most powerful things, this mirror practice of just looking. It's scary, but just looking and coming back home to blessing the body of this is me touching the physical body. This is how my breast has changed. But I love you. You have given life force if you have children. Or this is this is just me. This is who I am. This is my belly now. This is my bottom. That's my legs now. Or look at me. I am beautiful. I'm a beautiful physical form in this mirror. So as scary as it sounds, and I'm really passionate about this one, because I myself had so many challenges of, you know, body shame, not just the physical body getting sick, but body shame issues, you know, being ashamed of what you physically look like and disconnecting from that also. So that is a big one, you know, how society tells you you need to look. So the physical body is also the look, not just what's going on inside with health, which is so important, but the physical look and we disconnect because we're not matching that somehow. So um, I encourage you to do the mirroring, the shaking. And if you can find a yoga practice, Betsy is one of the most incredible yoga teachers I have met. So you have you have some resources now to connect Mm -hmm. to the physical body. Thank you. We're going to put in the show notes, we'll put the link for a shaking exercise. We'll put some links for some free yoga classes and um, maybe a little bit of description about that mirror exercise. Um, Because I agree, the body is what holds our soul and it's the way we move through life. And if we want to really move through life and be vitally alive, we have to be connected to our bodies Mm -hmm. because you can be a zombie, but not really be very fully alive. Mm -hmm. So... um, yeah, so thank also, you for this. Yeah, that's, thank you. And again, I think this is a time when we're all sensing our bodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. I mean, mm. we are advocating for our bodies. Yeah, and yeah, so with all the stuff be, going on in our country. Right, and, we need to mm-hmm. be connected to yeah. our own bodies mm-hmm. to be able to better fight our for voices. our body's rights too. Yes. Yeah. The body is the yeah. temple to the, the soul. Body is and the soul needs a healthy place to live. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the heart? This is one of my near and dear to me. Um, can you share a little bit about, I mean, in the heart opening and being able to access that peace with everything you've been through, um, what was it that finally helped you return to your heart? Hmm. So I feel for me, my heart was um, greatly protected. Wow. I was, there were so many layers of defense that was wrapped around this heart that just will not let anyone in. So to reach there, I had to, um, to practice <laughs> the scariest of them all, vulnerability. Vulnerability has been the key to my heart opening. And I start with vulnerability because the heart was closed because I didn't feel safe in this world. Let's just start there. You know, I started with a lot of trauma in my childhood. And, um, you know, I talk about that a lot because that was that's who I am um, or who I was anyway. And, you know, from that not feeling safe, who can I trust? Right. I couldn't trust anyone in this world. Um, and I certainly didn't really know how to trust myself from some of what I shared earlier about, you know, having alcoholism as part of my life and very kind of outward 
sex, drugs and rock and roll kind of life. Um, so I couldn't trust me. I couldn't trust my intuition at all. So this heart center was very closed. I mean, I engaged in relationships, but sabotaged all of them because I don't know. I mean, as I wasn't sure that I could be loved. I wasn't sure if you really got to know who I was, me as at my core, if you'd love me because my first people in my life, my parents didn't show that. Right. So how would I know? How would I know that I'm loved in this life? How would I know that I can be held? So that trust was a big deal. And following my intuition, mm, I shared in the last podcast that somehow I just always knew I, I just always knew or I would just say yes to opportunities because I had, well, nothing to lose. Um, so I always knew, but I still didn't fully trust. So I protected this heart a lot. It was very, very closed. So I feel vulnerability was my my key. And how did I enter into that vulnerable space? Well, slowly, slowly, I feel um, the practices that had to come in for that. Um, as I, the first thing was the yoga, the body, um, yeah, going to the body, of course, and then I had to allow myself to go into the meditation of things. Um, starting to quiet the mind got me down a bit into the heart. And I know the mind is above the heart, but I had to get into sitting quietly with myself, really coming home to what that meant, sit quietly and just be, just be there in that space. Start listening to all the noises that were coming in, all the other voices. And I remember one time sitting in meditation, Kate, and hearing I was questioning something and I heard these these people talking to me and that's when I realized I was in meditation because I always thought meditation was sitting and being super like nothing no sounds mm-hmm. no words no, no sounds yeah. no words and, and I'll hear people say I can't meditate and I'm like yeah I can't meditate either because there's all this noise in my head and that's when I realized I was in meditation I was sitting down super quiet by myself and there was all this noise in my head. And I thought, I can't meditate, but that's it. That's it. Starting to identify the noises in the head. Mm. Starting to say, okay, wow, that isn't me. That's my old aunt. Mm. Oh, no, 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 no. That's my sister. She said that about this. This is her judgment of this situation, not mine. Wait, I don't really believe this about this situation. That's not me. And starting to identify, first of all, that it it wasn't my internal voice that was speaking to these situations. It was other people's. So that was key in starting to really understand what was going on, all these noises, where I was learning things, where who told me what and what was really my opinion on things. And that's where my heart started to open. When I started to identify, started trust. it was my so voice that had an opinion on something or it was somebody else's. And I started to trust a little bit more me. And so meditation was key to my heart opening, I would say. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And vulnerability. Yeah. And again, being in retreat with and spending so much time with Salisha here in these last this last six months, um, she's been a true teacher to me. She is a model of vulnerability and she pulls people and groups into being vulnerable. And I remember I felt resistant, of course, in the beginning, as so many of us do, to really showing the rawness because she's not just wanting us to be a little vulnerable. Like, let's like be really vulnerable with our deepest, darkest dirt. Right. Mm -hmm. But what I've also learned is when you go there, 
gosh, the bonds you create with people, mm-hmm. the deepest I've ever known. And yourself. And yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you realize you're still lovable, even with those deep, dark secrets. If you share and let someone see that, they're even more lovable, right? Like I remember being in these groups with you and these people sharing all this deep stuff. And I just loved them more because they were being so real. Because we all have that. We all have those deep, dark um, secrets that we want to hide from people, but then we stay shut down, closed off. Mm-hmm. So I agree vulnerability vulnerability mm-hmm. is key. Yeah. And so many clients that I work with, they can tell you what was said by who and how old they were. And it is it is all up there impeding their confidence, their self-confidence, their ability to really open their heart and do what they want to do because they've been told at some point along the way by their third grade teacher or their, like she just said, it's other people's voices. And so accessing those, recognizing them and then releasing them. And we talk about firing the narrator in your head. Yeah. They, they, you've got to be able to release that, but you have to get quiet Mm -hmm. first Mm -hmm. to hear that. Um, I was struck on a retreat. How many women, had things come up for them, comments, things that they, we hang on to those. Mm-hmm. They are, they are lodged in our psyche and they, especially for women can affect us for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. So we have to come to terms yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. And when we're told so young, you know, like, I mean, uh, this key one that we always talk about in our primal work is, you know, we talk about girls, women should be seen and not heard. And we're told all these nonsense things, things that are not true, not real, you know, Uh, from very, very young. And so these, we carry these with us, you know. But as you said, when we sit in silence and these things start to come up and we hear the voices that are not ours, then we can identify, we can say, that's not me. Who am I? That's the inquiry, right? So who am I? When I am not being this person who's telling me I should be this, who am I? What are my um, opinions on this particular thing that we're thinking about here, or we're talking about here? And you inquire. So the self-inquiry comes and then you can answer your own questions and you can trust who you are. And sometimes those things are not butterflies and rainbows. Sometimes they're dark because that's what you learn or that's what you feel. And starting to own that dark side and we call that the shadow side. So to own that shadow side of ourselves and Betsy and I um, last time was in Iowa did this um, really sweet uh, yoga class together the dark and the light goddess the dark and the light yoga and really looking at the dark side looking at the mysterious side the mystery within yourself the darkness within yourself we all have that. So as Betsy said in retreat we sit and we do some shadow work also and we start to look at this dark side and we we work around the room and we talk about these dark things about ourselves and guess what we realize we all carry it Mm -hmm. we all carry these dark shadow sides we all feel these things we've all done these things like yeah of course I stole when I was a girl little girl yeah I lied a lot or yeah I can manipulate for what I want or yeah I use my body for sex for power and you start to understand you do this too? Wow, I've done this. Wow, and you start to identify these parts of yourself that are just stuck deep down dark inside that we hide and we don't tell anybody because we're ashamed of it. And as we start to share this, we become more vulnerable and open in these spaces, understanding that we're all in this together. All of us, we're all in this together. We're all just trying to figure it out, work, walking along life, holding each other's hand in hand and realizing this is vulnerability. This is true vulnerability. And as you start to connect in vulnerability, the heart center starts to open because then you start 
you stop locking yourself up inside of all of this defense and disassociation and putting everything aside and shoving everything down and you allow your heart to open and realize I'm not alone here. I'm not alone. And that's the key thing to the heart closing is feeling alone. You're lost in this aloneness, right? So finding the heart is opening in vulnerability, sharing a piece of yourself with someone and realizing, wow, they needed that piece to unlock a piece of themselves. And they open also. And there we are in intimacy, in heart, in the heart space, building this bridge between heart to heart and walking that together, meeting in the middle. Oh, mic drop. There's nothing more to say. (laughs) That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm going to re-listen to that a lot. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about intuition. So we talked about connecting to the body, connecting to the heart. And what I realized as you were talking, Salisha, is both of these, for both of these things, we're afraid to go there. With the body, we're afraid to go there. There's trauma. There's stuff in the body. With the heart, we're afraid to go there because it means I have to be vulnerable and show you know, all these parts to myself. And yet, like the medicine is going through it, going into it, going into the body, going into the heart. So now we go into intuition. And um, you are, again, perhaps one of the most intuitive people I've met. I I've, have always known that I've been quite intuitive, but sitting with you in Uh, ceremonial spaces and doing healing work, Um, the power of your ability, your connection to your intuition. I'm just so curious about how you've developed that and what you can share with me and our listeners and Kate about how to hone this beautiful gift we all have, um, but we don't always know how to use or we're sometimes scared of it. I think we're scared of it. So how do you connect to intuition? Mm. That's a big one, right? Because it's not this tangible thing that we can touch, intuition. And we get lost, I think, this lost, and how do we find our way back to intuition? We get lost between what's trauma and what's my intuition. How am I seeing this particular situation? Is it because I'm seeing this and I know something is going on here in my relationship? I know my partner is cheating. But is it because I've been in relationships before that my partners were cheating? So I'm not sure I'm seeing it through these trauma lenses. Or is it I can feel something here? I can truly feel what's going on. So that loss between trauma and intuition, I've heard a lot. I've experienced that a lot. Have you? Yeah. 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 Is it trauma or intuition? And for me, I feel like um, this word alchemy, it's, it's, a, it's one of my most favorite words these days, alchemy. How do you alchemize things? For me, it's always been there. We have our intuition with us always. We always know, but we've suppressed it because in society we're told, what's intuition? You know, that's not real. That's not true. How do you know that? You can't know that for sure. Where's the evidence, right? Show, Show me, me the, the science. Right. Show yeah. me the data. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're dulled. Our intuition is co- constantly pushed down by other people. So coming back again, everything is so connected from the body. When you start to strengthen the physical body and you start to come back into balancing these chakras, these energy centers of the body, the roots, the sacral, the core, your belly, your heart center, your throat, speaking your truth, 
your third eye, which is where we call the intuitive, the knowing center of the being and the crown. When these centers in the physical body starts to balance through your physical movement and taking care of the physical temple, you sit in meditation, you inquire, you silence the loud noises of other people and you come home to who you are, that's meditation. So you bring the body there, the mind there, the, the meditation there, and you start to inquire. The heart starts to open. You're connecting a bit intimately to, in, with intimacy to people. Um, then you're sitting in a space of inquiring, the self-inquiry. You ask the question and you sit quietly and you wait for the answer. Then here's the scary part, trusting trusting that answer to believe that this is truth right so how do you trust this intuition so i feel the simplest way for me is just to go with it just to go with it and see what happens just go with it you feel something you inquire you ask yourself I, I like to put my hand in my womb space, like my, my, my uh, three inches down from the belly button. I put my hand there. I put my hand to my heart. And I ask, I say, this situation, is, is, is my partner being honest to me in this situation? And I feel with every fiber of my being what my answer is. And then I go and I ask. <laughs> I go check and it I out. ask. I check it out, you know. And then you can feel in when you're present, when you're sitting in presence, you can feel what you're getting back from that person. And you engage in life. You then engage. You sit with it and you ask the question. There you are in intimacy. You're connecting to life. You're not running away anymore. You're not suppressing it. You're not doubting yourself. You're not pushing it away. You're not calling yourself crazy and insane. You're sitting with your feelings and you're putting it out there in the world and you begin then to not just develop this skill of trusting your intuition because you know it's there all along you know you feel these things I, I could talk to every woman on this planet I said don't you know when that's happening and they're like yeah yeah I know I know women we have this inner wisdom of intuition we are the intuitive beings on this planet men are doers they come to us from 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 centuries ago as hunter gatherers the men will come and ask is this the right day to go hunting <laughs> and the woman will be like mm, let me feel into that no today i don't think you should it's going to rain and there's the rain right we know we feel things deep in our beings and we have shoved this down for so long because we've been told we're crazy you guys are crazy you don't know what's going on <laughs> right oh my god so shoving that intuition away but we could feel things and we i know, know things we know yeah. things and i know betsy kate your listeners i know all of you women are like yes we know things we know yeah. we know we know and if we just allow that to come up and inquire and Put it out there. Put yourself out there. Inquire and see that 99% of the time we are right. <laughs> okay, but the part that's blowing my mind, which is a new one, is I inquire all the time. I'm always inquiring. I'm always asking. My hand is always on my heart. I'm always having a conversation with my intuition. But what I'm realizing today is the action piece I is where I that. often <laughs> don't go for it. Like you're yeah. like, oh, I just, I get my hit and then I just go for it. Well, I get my hit and then I ask like another 50 times, <laughs> right? I'm like, are you sure? Really? Okay, oh, I'm just checking my body again. Let me, right? Versus just like, listening and then going, going for it. So thank you for that. And that's, that to me is the masculine feminine. Yes. Because we have to have the action that, that mm -hmm. comes with 
the intuition. Yeah. We have to take the next step. So it's also balancing the masculine and feminine energies of, of doing. Yeah. And trusting ourselves enough to take steps. Yeah. Because when we, when we, as I said, when we go out and we say, this is how we feel, what are we told? We're crazy. Right. So that it gets lodged in the head. Like, God, I don't know. I don't want to be, I don't want to sound crazy. I don't want to be wrong. This, you know, yeah. but got to put yourself out there. You got to ask. And the more you do that, and, and if you get the feedback that you have the intuition, you've been right, then you've just trusted yourself a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. It's a practice. To and trust it gets stronger mm-hmm. then. Your intuition gets stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The more you trust it, the stronger it gets, you know. And when you ask that question, you inquire and you bring that forward in vulnerability. Guess what? You're allowing your heart to open. You're entering into intimacy. You're sitting. And, you know, what's the most beautiful way to do this as I said putting your hand on your lower belly your hand on your heart you ask your question you take a deep breath in you relax the body completely just relax the face relax everything and when you get your inner answer it's your answer that's your answer that's your truth that's your inner truth and you can also ask is this coming from a place of trauma you can ask that too good question right so is this is this answer coming from a place of trauma because i know that i have been suspicious of things before because i have been hurt right i'm talking specifically here about say if you were inquiring about a cheating relationship right so i know i've been hurting before i know other partners have cheated on me so is this coming from a place of trauma there you go your answer will come Mm. and here's another sweet key piece If you're still not sure, go to a trusted woman friend. Mm -hmm. I look right at Kate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's where we have to show up for each other. Mm -hmm. This is where we show up for each other in sisterhood, right? So you go to a trusted sister and you say, I have something to ask. Okay, this has been my, and I, and you, and, and how I have learned to ask this is very specific. And I, I share this in my, my retreats also. We do this thing called active listening. And you say, I just need you to be my mirror or I need you to be just listening to me this moment. And you share what you're feeling for five minutes, make it potent, make it strong. Don't go into too many stories. So you keep your listener engaged and you say, this is what I'm feeling and I need some feedback. And two things happen there. You hear yourself speak. And again, nine out of 10 times you have your answer before she even answers (laughs) because you're like, yeah, I know. I know what I just said. Yeah, I could hear myself. And if you're still not sure, she can show you your blind side, something that you may not be seeing. Right. So say, is there anything that I'm seeing here that I'm not seeing? Show it. Can you tell me, please? And trust that she's going to tell you something that's (laughs) going to be what you need to hear. Hmm. That That's, is so key. It is so key. It's blowing my mind a little bit. And that it really brings us to the fourth piece, which is connection. Mm-hmm. Returning to connection. And I think we are in a place right now, too, where we have to connect with one another. Mm-hmm. And the more connected we are with ourselves, the greater connection we can have with others. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So talk to us about returning to connection. For you, going through all of your healing I mean, knowing you and your story, you have an amazing relationship. You're able to connect in a way now with those you work with, with your significant other. With all your students. Yeah, in such a true, powerful, authentic way. Mm-hmm. Well, connection comes to me through vulnerability, for sure, um, and a lot of practice. So in our um, Goddess Alchemy Retreat, which we'll talk about a little bit, uh, 
I see something really powerful that happens when women come together. When women come together in one space and they tell their stories and they share their most intimate parts and they share their uh their shadow sides and they hug each other and they cry and they open and they laugh together and they practice together something really magical opens and unlocks so connection is very important we're not here alone on this planet we're here together we're here to hold each other's hands we're here to help each other with insight help each other master things you know things i don't know i know things you don't know we give each other these little keys these little pieces and together we figure it out we figure out what we're doing while we're here we speak to each other in these intimate ways through our heart center and help each other unlocked i always say in in his retreats um when we sit together all of us start crying and you know at the very very beginning of the retreat i'll hear a woman say oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry and she's crying i'm sorry for crying and we say so we have one rule in this circle we never apologize for crying because when one woman opens it opens for all women to open for all women to to feel like they have this permission somehow to cry to be to show up to show themselves and i always say when a woman cries in front of me i say it's so nice to finally meet you it's so nice to finally see who you are thank you for showing me who you are please don't apologize and let those holy tears wash your face holy and tears. i'm so honored to know who you are here right now so connection is i think key to really truly discovering more and more of who we are you know um this also this beautiful thing i say we're mirrors of each other you know when you speak to a sister you know that her story it may not be the same exact story but it's the same essence yeah. i've experienced that too i know you you know i've known you for a long time and how many people in your life that you know and you listen to their story like oh my god you're me i know your story yeah. right? right so when you are able to speak in vulnerability and connect from that heart space and connect allow your eyes to be locked with another woman another person and i'm talking woman to woman right now in 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 that kind of relationship because that's who we're speaking to our women here um when you're able to give a piece of yourself as a woman to another woman just look at her give her a hug give her an ear give her 5 minutes of your time Wow, so much unlocks for you also. Yes. Yeah, that's the giving and receiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So beautiful. So beautiful. Will you also, um, because we, Kate and I have been seeing this and I have shared on this podcast that I've personally been going through this as well, is um, the pandemic seemed to really shake up a lot of marriages and romantic partnerships and um, a lot of people we know sort of going through transitions in those types of relationships. And again, are there things you would say about is what we're talking about is returning to self, doing the inner work, doing the inner clearing, do the inner connecting, which then gives you clarity about the relationships or allows you to engage deeper, allows you to move away from it if it's not right. And can you again, just speak to us about how you, how you discern these things um, about relationships. And I guess I'm asking about romantic relationships, but it truly could be in the context of any relationship. Is this work relationship healthy for me anymore? Is this friendship healthy for me anymore? Is this, is this partner healthy for me anymore? Um, How do you, how do you find that discernment through all these things we've been talking about today? Hmm. 
Yeah, this is this is a tender one, right, for all of us because um when we begin to discover ourselves, when we start connecting to the mind, the body, the spirit, the soul, the spirit knows, right? We know when we're happy, we know when we're not happy, we know when something feels right, when it doesn't feel right, when we just want a bit more out of life. And these relationships that are in our lives, we've chosen for a reason. And let's talk about when it's not healthy and we really begin to feel into um, this, this, this is not what I want for myself. This is, you're starting to realize as you start to connect to yourself, as you give yourself some time, some energy, some love, you start feeling like, wait, I'm putting all this time, energy and effort into my own self to take care of me. And I'm sitting in a space where someone else across from me is abusing me, possibly, and not putting the same time and effort into themselves, to take care of themselves, to work on themselves. So then we engage into communication and we start to talk about, okay, is this something that is right for both of us? And you love the person, right? You you spend time with them. You've spent maybe years, possibly, in some cases, children. Um, and I'm not in any way saying here, you know, you're not feeling happy, so you go break up. That's not what I'm saying. But as you start to feel into what is right for you, what feels good, what feels like toxicity, and what feels like health, you ask those questions. And again, this inner wisdom starts to awaken the more you do these very simple and accessible practices of self, your movement in your body, your meditation, your breath work, these ancient wisdom techniques that are available, that are available everywhere, connecting in community, opening your heart in vulnerability, sharing in a circle, being with a sister, talking. And you start to inquire more and more because you're giving yourself a little more time, intention, connection, and you really start coming to the answer. Let's say the answer is this is toxic to myself. You communicate this to your partner. This partner is not responding to you in the way that you need them to. They're not meeting you halfway on this bridge then you have to make a decision that is best for yourself to serve you on this earth. Because what happens is when we're in these toxic relationships, they're burdens. They're, they're like, think of your backpack and you have all these things packed in your backpack. You're carrying other people's pain and stress and traumas that they are not willing to work on for themselves. You're not their savior. In some cases, you can share all the insight. And if somebody's not really ready to work on themselves, really ready to make the effort, really ready to meet you halfway, you can't carry them forever because they will f continuously suck your vital life force energy from you. And you can't perform in this world. You can't stand in this world and give what you are here to give. In some ways, you may not even understand what that is because your energy is being sucked so much. You have no vital life force energy for yourself. You think of toxic relationships and toxic friends and you think, oh my God, they're just taking all my energy all the time. God, there's your answer, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not easy to detach from. They're not easy because sometimes in many ways there are these energetic ties and hooks and all of these things that happen that it's easy to say, yeah, just leave them, you know, for me to sit here on my, you know, on this mic and say, yeah, gosh, that doesn't feel good, leave it, which is not what I'm saying, by the way, but it's easy to say that, right? But when you're in the situation, gosh, it's taken you some, some cases, five, six, ten years, you're in a relationship, you invested so much into it. 
You just can't pick up and leave it. But you really have to then tune in with self. What is the best thing for me? How can I serve myself and this other person? Some cases, our children in this situation. How can I serve and show up in this world with all my vital life force energy at a time in this world where I am needed? I'm here. I am needed on this planet. I am needed to feel my full energy, my full essence of who I am as a woman on this planet, my strength, my intuition, my whole existence. I need to feel myself here. How can I do this? And in some cases, woman, it is, it is to separate in some cases. You know, it is to return to yourself in these cases sometimes. Sometimes it is to communicate, to try, to ask, to to, to, sh- to show up for your partner also and to give them the resources that you've had and hope that they are able to, to engage in that also. But coming home to self sometimes does mean coming home to self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. That's a powerful. Very powerful. It's hard to say because I myself have had you know, a, a separation from my kid's father, which was really hard. It took me five years to even say it, that I was complete. Um, a lot of work, a lot of practices to look at my children and think, oh my God, am I doing the right thing? You know, so it's really hard to say. And as I say it, you know, I feel this, ooh, this tension in my head a bit as I say it, because it's so, so difficult to think of something, something like separation. Um, but in my whole being and my soul, I now look at my kids and I see how much energy I have for them, how much energy they have. They now have this this relationship that is healthy with their father and their mother, seeing them more joyful. If I have access to a relationship right now, I'm in a relationship that is exactly my person, exactly who I I, I wanted in my life. I was able to call in to myself me in masculine, you know, and we have an extremely healthy relationship um, because I was able to stand up for what I knew was the best thing for me. And I knew I deserved everything. And that took a lot of work of learning to love myself first. And I want to make that point that it, everything we've talked about today is um, a slow and gradual process. Like healing takes time. Mm You know, there's no um, overnight quick fix. There's not even a five-day amazing retreat, which we are going to talk about here in a moment, which are amazing and will quantum leap you forward, but they are not quick fixes. Like healing is such a process. And I know, Salisha, you've been in decades of healing work and I've been doing decades of healing work and Kate's been in all this healing work and that um, there's a... There's a process of like one day at a time, one step at a time. And here's the next right thing for me. The next right thing is to read this book or to, you know, engage with this therapist or visit this healer or talk to this friend or bring this truth to my workplace or my partner. And um, so I guess just encouragement for all of you listening that um, your healing path is unique and exactly what you need will show up if you keep your eyes open. So the exact next step that you need to take is going to show up for you. And so be, be conscious of that. And then when it shows up, as I heard again from Celicia today, uh, take action, right? Take action. Yeah. So thank you for sharing your 
your thoughts and feelings about returning to yourself. And I'm excited to work with everyone on, on connecting to women around this because I think returning to ourselves is such a powerful thing to do in community. Yeah. So again, if you are interested in joining Kate and I and several other teachers for the Tend Her 2.0 Return to Self, you can visit dryogamama.com backslash tend dash her dash the number two. And to end, we want um, our dear friend and teacher Celicia to tell us about one of her upcoming retreats, which I have personally been on and Kate's done uh, a lot of work with Celicia. And these are, again, as I said, opportunities. They don't solve everything in your life, but they are opportunities for like quantum leaps forward in terms of your relationship to self and your own inner healing. So please tell us, Celicia, about what's coming up soon. I'm so excited about this. Um, uh, uh, Before I do that, let me just go back. Thank you so much, Betsy, for saying that this is uh, this work is a practice. It's a practice, right? So at Goddess Alchemy, we uh, introduce you to some very powerful practices. And Goddess Alchemy is a woman's retreat, all women. And it's held well, for now, it's twice a year in Mexico. The next one is coming up in uh, November, the 6th to the 12th of November. Um, and it's filling really quickly. It's a one-week, a six-night, seven-day retreat from the 6th to the 12th of November. And uh, we've found this incredible retreat center just 30 minutes outside of Cancun. Um, with a beautiful um, healing space uh, owned by a wonderful couple. And this retreat is to help women return to their inner wisdom, who they truly are, to remember. I like to use this word remember because it's all in there and it gets all locked up inside of there with all these uh, layers of defense that we've had to protect ourselves. So this this time together, we come together, we practice these beautiful uh, wisdom techniques that um, have been lost in the system and we come back home to the body, the physical body through these these practices, the spirit, the mind through meditations and other practices, and through vulnerability coming together as women, we connect in these incredibly beautiful and sacred spaces through ritual and ceremony. Um, I use ritual and ceremony every day to re- help bring us home and remember who we are. And ritual and ceremony is really important to me. And I share this because uh, this is these these daily rituals help us to connect to this thing that's I have my hand above my head that's around us and above us, this thing we call God, divinity, love, connection. Um, so these rituals help remind us of all of this that we can't see or speak of sometimes, but we feel it in our bodies. And coming back home to these ritual and ceremonies are really powerful, especially for women who have been practicing ritual and ceremony for many, many, many centuries and decades. So we come back home to that um, in Goddess Alchemy. And this one week program is really powerful, which includes a sacred plant medicine journey, which is another big part of this um, beautiful healing that uh, I have been sharing for the last 15 years. Um, Sacred plant medicine is a a beautiful way of also um, quantum leaping into your healing. So we talk about that. We share that um, in a sacred and um, very, very powerful place together. So with these embodiment practices, coming together as women in circle, 
working with sacred plant medicine in the jungle, it is has proven <laughs> to be a really beautiful, powerful um, week together to do our work and to say yes to self, say yes to loving ourselves, taking the time and time away and time to come home to who we truly are, this beautiful inner wisdom that we share so we can leave that space and come out into the world with more purpose, more energy, more access to who we are and shine that light because we're needed here on this earth. She's shining right oh, now. Yeah, Is she not, Kate? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to okay, say. Okay, website too. Tell us where, where people you. can find information about Goddess Alchemy. Mm-hmm. So I have a beautiful website called activateyouralchemy.com. Um, alchemy is the process of uh, transmuting base metals to gold. So here we're going to transmute and alchemize our pain, our trauma, our struggles into joy and purpose and love and connection and vulnerability. So here at www.activateyouralchemy.com, I have all the information you may need for the upcoming retreats. Um, I We do Goddess Alchemy um, in November and my partner and fiancé, Adam, um, we also work on uh, masculine and feminine retreats together. Uh, we call it tantric shamanic medicine retreats that are also coming up. So we have that on the website for men and women um, to come into this space and really explore um, this beautiful ancient philosophy of tantra, very safe and sacred space of learning the the sacred act of tantra and sexuality and sensuality so all of that's on the website um and i also have an instagram handle salisha.aya and there i try my best <laughs> to post um most um recent and upcoming events there also so join there and if you need any more information I'll be really happy to connect with you. I love to have one-on-one interviews also so we know that we're right fit for each other. Um, and as I said Goddess Alchemy is filling up really quickly because Get it's, on a, it. yes. it's really it's, special. It's your big place. jump forward if, you're, if, you're, if you're, feeling you're feeling drawn. If you're feeling drawn and if you're terrified and scared and you're like I don't know if I'm ready that means you you're need ready. to go. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. So thank you dear Salisha. We love, you. love, love yes, you. And thank you beautiful Thank you friend. for bringing your light and healing to Iowa again. Thank you so much, Betsy. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you for your beautiful, um, I'm so such an honor to be here and to speak to your incredible audience of amazing women. I love you all. I love the woman. I love the feminine. Um, so thank you so much again. Yay. Thank you. Thanks. And now the amazing singer songwriter, Lissy Morris with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week.